friends, and welcome to the Inclusion Podcast. This is Dr. Julie Costin, and I am so thrilled that you are here to talk today because I am going to be talking about creating a new heart set for the school year. My intention behind this podcast, today and always, is to connect those of us who deeply care about creating more inclusive schools for all students because I believe that the question of school inclusion should be answered with an absolute of course, and we figure out the details as educators. So welcome, 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 and let's get focused to this episode, episode number seven, called A Back to School Heart Set. Today, I sent my two kids off to high school for the very first time having two high school students. And it was a very bittersweet thing as I saw them walking away, thinking about how fast time goes. So I want to say Happy New Year to those of you who are educators or administrators or parents, because this is a brand new year, a brand new school year. And today I am talking a lot about what it means to get ready for this school year. So whether you're a week in or a day in or haven't quite started yet, this is about how to create a heart set. Now, most of you who are listening are familiar with the concept of a mindset, right? So Carol Dweck is the first person that I know that really coined the term mindset. The idea that it's kind of a mental attitude, it's a collection of your beliefs that predetermines how you think about and respond to situations, sort of maybe how you interpret it, right? So it's a way of thinking, a way of believing that determines your responses to situations. But now what is a heart set? I'm defining heart set here as kind of a spiritual attitude. It's a belief system that begins with a wide open heart that is filled with love and compassion. And this spiritual attitude that I'm talking about of a wide open heart filled with love and compassion predetermines our responses and our interpretations of of situations just like a mindset does. It's a way of being so that you can interpret situations and responses in a certain way. And those collection of beliefs, like I said, are really about a wide open heart that's filled with love and connection and compassion. This time of year, I do a lot of school kickoffs. And what that means is districts hire me to come out and work with their school district and do a big kickoff presentation. Usually the entire district is in one big auditorium. And this year I have done five presentations about the heart set of back to school. And I decided I would take those ideas and put them into this podcast. So if you might have noticed, um, I didn't do a podcast for the past month because literally I've been traveling all over and doing presentations for districts. So now I want to bring to you the big ideas around creating that back to school heart set. Okay, so this idea really is going to be shaped by the ideas of Winnie the Pooh from A.A. Milne. So I want to start with a quote by A.A. Milne from the book, and it goes like this. So there's a picture, so first I'll describe the picture. Winnie the Pooh is coming downstairs behind Christopher Robin and is being dragged by his paw. So he's, you can picture, he looks like a stuffed animal in the picture, and he's bumping down the stairs, and Christopher Robin is walking down the stairs ahead of him. So here's the text. Here he comes down the stairs behind Christopher Robin. Bump, bump, bump on the back of his head. 
It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. He is sure that there must be a better way if only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. The beauty of podcasts, the beauty of summer, the beauty of the beginning of the year is we've had a chance to stop bumping for just a moment to think about a new way to kick off our school year. And so we're going to use Winnie the Pooh characters and Winnie the Pooh as a way to talk about this. Now, I believe that we can redesign schools with a mindset of love, belonging, and inclusion for both staff and students. So I want to start with that main belief. I'm going to say it again. We can redesign schools with a mindset of love and belonging and inclusion for both staff and students. And I think we're going to probably need a two-part podcast to talk about all the ways that we can do that. So why would we even think about belonging and this heart set? I want you as a listener to think about a time that you felt like you really belonged somewhere. So for me, I would think about we go to a cabin every summer and some friends go there too and family and I feel like home there, right? So that's a place I really belong. And I want you to think about that for yourself. What's a time that you really felt like you belong? And then jot down two things for me. How do you feel and how do you act when you really belong somewhere? And now I'm going to ask you the flip side question. Think of a time you did not belong. How do you feel and how do you act? So I can easily think about a situation where I felt like an outcast or an outsider. And I want to take a minute to jot down how did I feel and how did I act? Now, I recently did this with a group of teachers, and I'm just going to share some of the words that people used. When I asked them how they felt and acted when they belonged, they said things like warm, safe, secure, felt like myself, I felt excited, happy, content, non-judging, loving, chatty, playful, helpful, grateful, delighted, comfortable. The acting words were things like, I laughed more, I took more risks, I was smiling a lot, I was willing to participate, I was engaged, I was willing to lead. And then I asked the opposite question, to think of a time you felt like you didn't belong. And the educators came up with things like this, I felt unsafe, I felt sad, I felt discouraged, I felt low self-esteem, I felt angry, hurt, shy, scared, worried, pissed off, devastated. So those are the kinds of words they felt. And then their action words were things like, I felt shut down, I left, I cried, I withdrew, I felt passive aggressive. Now I want you to think about that when it comes to learning, right? Where do we want our students to be on that continuum of belonging and not belonging? And I think the real clear answer is that we want to create schools that are warm and safe and secure, where kids can be their whole selves, where they're excited and happy and content, and they feel like they're not being judged, and they're chatty, and they're playful, and they're helpful, and they're grateful, and they're delighted, and they're comfortable, right? And the reason we want kids to feel that way is it allows them to take risks and to learn and to smile and to laugh and to include others and to be engaged and even to lead. So that is why I think that we need to redesign schools with a mindset of love and belonging and inclusion for all students and all staff. So how do we do it? How do we create this mindset, this way of thinking, this attitude, this way of opening our hearts with love and compassion to create the schools 
that are most likely to create the learners and the connections that we desire. I'm going to give you practices, and they're called heart set practices. And for this podcast and the second podcast, I plan to do five big heart set practices. And the first heart set practice is called gratitude, or I am grateful for you. When I did this work with school districts, I would have everyone, no matter how many people were in the auditorium, they would have a little sticky note. And I asked every single person in the room to write a compliment or a kind note to anyone in the room. And I wish you had my vantage point for this. So I want you to picture your school district and I want you to picture them all crammed in one auditorium. And then I want you to picture what it might look like and sound like when everybody stops to write and create a kind note indicating why you're grateful for someone in the room. What I saw happen was this magical buzz of energy. I saw people get up, move around, share their notes. I saw probably just many, many hugs. I saw someone blowing kisses to someone, um, smiling, laughing. I saw wiping tears, right? I saw just all kinds of connections. And so the first heart set practice is that of gratitude. And I'm going to use a piglet quote. Piglet noticed that even though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. So when we talk about gratitude, we are talking about continually, constantly, regularly, frequently providing written notes of gratitude to your colleagues. So think about that. What would it feel like to go to work in a school system where you felt that you were loved, cared about, and connected to on a daily basis? And what would it feel like if you were someone who was spreading that love to others? So whether it would be a custodian, a principal, someone who works in the cafeteria, a co-teacher, a paraprofessional, I want you to think about what would it look like if everybody created this heart set practice of gratitude. And then I, of course, want you to think about this with students. How do you create an attitude of gratitude with your students? I'm going to use one teacher's example. Uh, This is Lisa. And she did a sticky note gratitude challenge. She took a course with me and she did the sticky note gratitude challenge. And what she did is every single day, There was one student that really challenged her in lots of ways, and she challenged herself to write a kind note to the student and give it to them one one a day. It was a a, a girl named Vanessa. So she gave, Lisa gave Vanessa a note every single day, and that note had something kind on it and something that she was grateful for Vanessa about. And what I think is really interesting is I got this email telling me that it worked, And this year I got another email that says, hey, I just wanted you to know Vanessa volunteered to be an eighth grade teaching assistant with me. So what that means is the following year she came back and she connected with the teacher and said, could I possibly help you help support you as you teach? Um, They have this thing called teaching assistants and people can apply to do that. And she said, of course. So she and Vanessa are working together. Think of the power there, right? So the first heart set practice is gratitude. So whether it's other educators, whether it's your students, think about student to student gratitude. 
think about you sending gratitude out to students and also to parents, to family members, to board of ed members, right? How do you create this culture where everybody feels like they're very welcome and they belong there? The second and last heart set idea that I'm going to share on this podcast, but I will publish them together so you can just go ahead and, and listen to this, the next podcast if you'd like, is heart set practice number two, and it is called I Can See Your Strengths. When I'm presenting to big groups of people, I often ask this question. I say, how many of you have a deficit area? You know, something you're not that good at, right? And there's always laughter in the room and always, almost everyone raises their hand. Uh, You know, of course, of course we all have deficit areas. And then I ask people, how would you like to be known by your deficit area? How would you like it if you walked into a room and anyone who walked into that same room had already read all about your deficits. And sadly, that's partly what special education does. You know, not not on purpose, but special education labels and IEPs create situations where people have read about all the problems or challenges that a student has before they even enter the room. And I'm going to ask folks to really flip their thinking on this. And think about what do you want to say and write about students. So heart set practice number two is called I See Your Strengths. And I'm going to talk a little more about how to do this. So using a strength-based heart set or an I See Your Strengths heart set, what we're going to do is we're going to think a lot about how we view students, how we think about, and how we talk about students. Jennifer Summerness is someone who does a really great job of explaining that we have to think about, talk about, and act in positive ways about students. How we perceive students, think about them, talk about them is one of the biggest predictors of their success. I'm going to use the Winnie the Pooh characters to illustrate this point. So I want you to start with um, Winnie the Pooh. We might see Winnie the Pooh as happy, a pleasure seeker, right? So think about him. He's always getting honey. He's a pleasure seeker. He's nice and relaxed. But we could also view Pooh as gluttonous or dull. We could view Eeyore as lovable and loyal and an obstacle finder. I liked that phrase, an obstacle finder. Think of Eeyore. He can find any obstacle. Or we could view him as a pessimist or an energy drain. Now let's think about Piglet, that sweet little pig. Piglet could be considered sensitive, empathetic, and kind. Or Piglet could be considered nervous or neurotic. Now we want you to think about Tigger. You could picture Tigger bouncing all over the place. Energetic, fun, and quick could be descriptors. Or you could say something like overactive, hyper, or loud. Let's talk about Owl for a second. Owl could be considered... um, wise, advice giver, philosopher, or self-centered and egotistical. And lastly, rabbit could be considered organized, detailed, rule follower, but also could be considered bossy and inflexible. And as you can see, the ways in which we view these characters has a big impact on how we're thinking about them or seeing them. And in schools, it has a big impact on how we behave around them or what we expect from them based on our heart set. I want to take it one step further because in schools, we often medicalize our students. And so we might say, you know, Winnie the Pooh, he has an eating disorder. 
Piglet has an anxiety disorder. Tigger has an attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Eeyore has a major depressive disorder. Rabbit has obsessive compulsive disorder. Owl has narcissistic personality disorder. And even Christopher Robin, we could say Christopher Robin has schizophrenia. You know, he sees all those imaginary animals and, you know, makes up stories about them, right? So that's a way that we sadly view students in schools. And I'm going to ask us to take a sharp turn from the medical model of disability and from the deficit model of disability to the strength-based model of disability, where we look at the happy pleasure seekers, the loyal, loyal, lovable obstacle finders, the sensitive, empathetic, kind students, the energetic, quick, fun ones, the wise advice givers, and the organized, detailed rule followers. And we focus on that as a heart set. So I want to end this particular segment on, on this because we're going to continue in the second part of our podcast talking more about the heart set of back to school. So thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to hear how your school year is going. If you have questions, send them to me at julie at inclusiveschooling.com and I'm certain that I'll see you on the next podcast where we discuss three more major heart sets around back to school. Thank you so much.